<clears throat> Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're starting <clears throat> with Maseches Nadarim Daf Memches. We're starting at Mem Zayin Amid three lines from the bottom at a new Mishnah. Some repetitive information, some new information. The Mishnah opens as follows. Hareni Alecha Cherem. If I make a comment about you and put you into Cherem, Hamudar Asr, the one about whom the Nedr was said, so if I'm Phil and you're you, Phil says, Hareini alecha cherem, the cherem is on you, then you, the mudar, is aser. If I say instead, Harei at alai cherem, you are aser to me, so then, hanoder aser, then I who made the neder is going to be aser. Hareini alecha, the at alai, if it's mutual, so then, shneem aser, and both of us are aser to one another. However, in as much as, it, as much as it's true that the two of us would be ushered to one another, there is one blanket heter. We'll see soon what Ole Bavel means. This will be included in the Mishnah itself in just a couple of lines. But things that are, that are within that city will remain to be usher. And let's get into those two details. Second line down. What are the items that are considered to be like part of Ole Babel? Kigon, Harabais, Azoros, Haborsheb Emsader, Harabais itself, the Azoros, the sanctuaries, the rooms in which Jews belong, um, the Israelim for the Israelim, the Chule, a public bore, which we learned about in, extensively in Maseches Erevin, um, which are in the middle of the path. What? Which we all remember very uh, nostalgically. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. oh, we used a different word, yeah. So the Gemara says all of these things, we can mutually benefit from them. What's the lambdas? They're all hefker. They belong broadly to the tzibor, but they really belong to no one. Masha Enkain says the Mishnah, what are the things in the city that you're not allowed to both participate in? Says the Gemara, the, uh, the road, I guess. I don't know if road's the right word. It's the open space. The shul. Uh, the the Ran here writes what a teva is three lines down. Teva shenos and aleha sefer Torah liquors. It's a bima in our parlance. Other sheets say that it's the place that the uh, Aron Kodesh is that uh, the Aron Kodesh. Vehasvarim and also books might not be able to be used because what's common with all of these things are not owned by nobody. They're owned by everybody. They're part of the tzibur. You go into a base menish. We all have a chelik in the base menish. And then the Gemara, the Mishnah quotes a cryptic line. Vehakosev chelkol and nasi. It seems in the Havamina. It seems that this piece of Gemar, this piece of Mishnah is connected to the part of Ezu Darshal Osahir and one who writes over their uh, properties to the Nasi. We'll see soon what that means. It doesn't mean what we think it means. It doesn't matter if you write your properties to the Nasi or to a regular person. And if so, why was it why was the, the Nasi mentioned in the Mishnah? The only difference would be the Nasi and Sarakhlizakos. When a person writes over their properties to the Nasi, then there doesn't need to be a technical Kenyan that takes place. But if somebody writes it to me or to one of us, we're all Hedyotos, not in the disparaging kind of way, but just in the practical kind of way, in the halachic way. So that requires that requires a Kenyan of sorts. The Chacham and Momrim, they argue with the Tanakama. No matter what, whether or not you're writing over your properties to um, to the nasi or to a hedjo, you need to do some type of maisekinyan. Lodibur benasi el behove. Just uh, it was just common in that culture. That's all. They, there's no halachic difference between them. 
We don't need to have anyone write away their properties or write off their properties to another person. Because their ancestors wrote off their properties for them. Now, the whole second half of this mission is hard to understand because we don't know what the line of the Hakosev Chelko Nasi means. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Amai Mitzar. Why did you put the language of Hakosev Chelko Nasi in the list of things that are usser? If I write off my properties to somebody else, why then would you say that they're, they, they remain usr is it when we're mudur hana from one another? Because the Mishnah painted the case. If there's shnehim that are usur to one another, so then some things are mutter, which is ole bavel stuff, all hafkir, and some things are usr, which is all partnership owned. But what is this line in the Mishnah? So the Gemara responds, Amarav Shesh, third of the way down, really our Mishnah should have had in the words, how can one get out of a scenario of Isr Hana? If you and I have a mutual Isr Hana, but I have things that I need to do, how do we get out of it? The Gemara says, The Gemara was giving a solution. The Gemara was telling us, here's what you should do if you're stuck. And therefore, uh, that is what the line means. So if we were to look back in our Mishnah, what we would need to do is as follows. Let's read three lines from the top of the page. Next line. What should we do? That's how we should be reading our Mishnah. And now if you look back in the Gemara, a third of the way down, you'll see there's five lines, six lines almost, of parentheses. And we're actually going to skip all of it because it's pretty much a direct quote from our Mishnah. And the Mishnah, the, the Gemara continues halfway down on the page of the two dots. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, We had said that if people were from Galil, <clears throat> they didn't have to do any Misa for Kinyanim. And that was already taken care of by their ancestors. What's going on here? The Gemara says that there's a Brisa Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Galil Kantarin. These people were very difficult people. They were very, they were jerks. They were all con- they were so belligerent, constantly being ossering <laughs> yeah. on one another. And when, when they were ossering on one another, <laughs> they did it all the time. And because they did it all the time, that meant that people were super limited in what they could do. Because if even if you have an, a, a nisr hana with one person, you can't even walk down the same street as them because there's a, a piece of a chalik of ownership in all of it. See, we didn't even discuss this in all the previous cases of being mudar hana between two people. But lemaisa, anything that's co-owned is off limits. right? What about brera? The sugya should be a raya for the shita of less brera. Because this Gemara doesn't even talk about it. It just assumes blanketly that you're not allowed to join in it. Is a This also plays into the Shita that the Ran quoted, that we don't necessarily hold like Rav Lazar ben Yaakov. That Mishnah that we learned about, where there were a few cases of Yesh Breyer versus Ein Breyer, our Gemara concluded that it was that we passing like Rav Lazar ben Yaakov that there's Yesh Breyer. But I had mentioned at that time that the Ran was of the opinion that other Rishonim were of the opinion that Ein Breyer. And this Gemara is a Raya Brura, seemingly a Raya Brura for that. So now the Gemara says um, they kept doing this to each other. They were they were like, oh, I forbid you from this. No, 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 I forbid you from this. Back and forth, little children, little toddlers. So the Gemara says, um, Children, children, I'm intervening now. You you can't do this anymore. You have no properties anymore. Now, what does this even mean? Halachically, can can the Bezdin come in and say your properties aren't yours? Maybe what the Gemara means is that we're talking about the public properties that the public properties that you think you own, I mean, you're a chay like in that, you're going to be giving, be giving over to the Nasi. So therefore you can walk down the street because he can. And that would solve some of the technical problems. That brings us to a new Mishnah, a Mishnah that we're familiar with. We've learned, I believe, each piece of this Mishnah somewhere previously in this Masechna. Two-thirds of the way down, Memchesmedala. 
The Mishnah writes, If a person, Ruvain says to Shimon, uh, you, I, you, Ruvain has the food, Shimon has an Isra Hanoi, he's not allowed to benefit from Ruvain, what should he do? So he said, Ruvain can give it to Levi, and Levi can give it to Shimon, no problem, no problem at all. And now, let's just think about what just happened. Ruvain can give to Levi, and then Shimon can eat from Levi, right? Maisa says to Gemara, this was the story of Beishchoron that was referenced in the Gemara a couple of days ago. With the wedding, yeah, yeah, big family politics. Every wedding has politics. This is bad when you when your father has an isra It's not kishma. Okay. Yeah, it's not another level. P.S. Who pays for the weddings? I'm just like you, you got to pick the people to have an isra for. You have a question? It could have been like in the Torah. Yeah, I'm learning your brain a little bit, just a little. I'm sorry, I'm starting to understand you a little bit. My is this this was actually the reverse, where the father wasn't allowed to get Hanoi from the kid. So we have uh, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain is the grandfather generation. Shimon is the father generation. And Levi is the grandchild generation. So here's what we have. So here's what we have. Ruvain's a grandfather. He's not allowed to get Hanoi from Shimon, Labrius. And Shimon's son, Levi, is getting married. And Levi wants his grandfather to be at the wedding. But Ruvain is the grandfather. He's usher bound from Shimon. Shimon paid for all the food at the wedding. So he's not allowed to have his grandfather at the wedding. Because his grandfather can't benefit from his father. So says the Gemara, by Hamas, yes, no, there was a big family wedding. But Amar so, so Shimon, who was the father of the groom, says to his best friend Chaim, uh, he says, um, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you everything so that my father can come to the wedding and that way he can have Hanam. Same. What do you mean it became, became an issue after the in fact? Oh, that's the rest of this Mishnah. That's this Mishnah. Yeah. So our Mishnah is explicitly speaking about this because Rav is going to have Tupshatim and how to understand this language. So the previous cases, it was left out. It just re it was hinting to this Mishnah as though as though we would have known it, which we didn't. But that, that's what the Gemara was doing. So let's learn the rest of the Mishnah. We'll see all of the details here. So that's what he said. Omar im shalihem. Oh, sorry. I think I skipped a line. No, I didn't. All right. Omar im shalihem. The Chaim, the friend, says to his uh, to his, his friend Shimon, if in fact they're mine, Goodbye. Goodbye. I know you spent $50,000 on the wedding, $100 a plate, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm giving it all to Hakdash. Omar <laughs> Lay, Shimon says back to Chaim, Did I give you my items? Now we can already see the question that's percolating here, which is, was this a real Kenyan in the first place? Because you can't put a tnai on what somebody does with the item that you gave him. That's not, especially not after the fact, right? So it says the Gemara, I didn't give it to you for Shamayim, last of the short lines. This guy, Chaim, says, yeah, you've caused me a massive headache. I don't want to get involved in your crazy family politics. I'm giving this to Hektish. I don't want your father showing up, and I really don't actually own this item. You really own the item. And I was just the arbiter for bad news, and all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy in the end of all of this. So the Gemara says, and this is uh, dropping the gavel. Kol matana, she'ena. Any gift that is not in the category of, that if I want to sanctify it, 
I can sanctify it. If that's not the parameters of this sale, let me say that out in our case. Shimon gave over the wedding hall and all of the contents of the wedding hall to Chaim to enable Ruben to come to the wedding. If Shimon's transfer of those things wasn't so complete, such that Chaim has the power to give it over to Hektish, not a Kenyan. Really? Chaim was right. Chaim says, don't put me in this situation. I'm being Makdish everything with Shemaim. It was, it was like the litmus test of how, how good of a Kenyan this was. But he was right because it doesn't work. And if he would have held on to it, then he just would have been the go-between for an Avera because Ruvain was not allowed to come to that wedding, even if he sold it to Chaim. Because how did Shimon want to sell it to Chaim? I'm giving it to you. I'll deny that you do exactly what I want with it. That's not a Kenyan. That's the conclusion of our Mishnah. What's the... It's not a Kenyan. So in Afreya... It's not, he can't make, he can't. Ruben can't come to the wedding. Grandfather. Ruben, the grandfather can't come to the wedding. He also can't be Who? Oh, Chaim. Yeah. No. It's not his. And that's why the Gemara opens with this question. My solicitor, the first part of the Mishnah, what did the first part of the Mishnah teach us? That Ruben can give the food to Levi to give it to Shimon. And then you told me a story that Shimon cannot give everything over to Chaim in order to enable Reuben to come to the wedding. So why would you bring a story that's the exact opposite of the point that you just made? My solicitor. Pay attention. The Rasha the the taught us something exactly the opposite. But now you're telling me this whole Misa that we've seen five times already, this Masechta, it's not even a match to the Rasha of the, of the Mishnah. Because we said that Shimon, who has Nisar Anof and Reuben, can benefit from the food. Reuben has to give it to Levi first. What do you mean? Kol Matana, any gift that's not Bitznai, that I can be makdish myself. It's not a gift. The only reason Reuben was giving up the food to Levi was so Shimon can eat. Same as our Mishnah, but that what, that's my solicitor. So says the Gemara, you're 100% correct. And the first time I learned this Mishnah, I completely missed the fact that the story was the exact opposite of the ratio, which means I wasn't paying attention. And the Gemara says, my solicitor, what should we do? Really, this is the following text of our Mishnah. In regards to the ratio of our Mishnah, when Ruvain gave food to Levi to enable Shimon to eat. But if the way that things played out, it didn't pass the smell test, where everybody knew that Ruvain was just giving it over to Levi just so Shimon can eat, then, Usr. Want a beautiful story about that, says the Gemara? Beautiful. So now the Gemara is telling us it really depends on the Kenyan itself. If the Kenyan is being done in a way where it's clear to everyone who's watching that it's a Ha'arama, then the Kenyan is not a Kenyan. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows there's a whole drama. Why is Chaim's name on the on the wedding hall, like on the screen there? Uh, Chaim's wedding. It's not Chaim's wedding. It's Shimon's wedding. Because he's the guy who swiped the credit card. He's, he's not, nothing. It's a zero. It doesn't, the whole thing doesn't count. The whole thing is Sofo. Is Sofo was Mochiach al So therefore the whole thing is Bata. And that brings us to Rava. Rava has two different understandings of when this Kenyan does not work. Oh my Rava, six lines, five lines from the bottom. Lo shanu, that, uh, that this matana does not work. When Shimon says to Chaim, Very explicit. The only reason I'm giving this to you is because I want you to enable my father to come to my son's wedding. Aval, Omar. Why doesn't he just... Aval, hold on one second, hold on one second. Aval, Omar, Abba. 
if you say it less specifically, it's not Kedesh Yavo Abba, but Sheyuhul Fanecha Shavu Abba. At least now it's possible. So then maybe Midait Chehuda Amar Maybe that's already now, that's already in another Machaneh. Then we can say that that's Mutter for Ruben to come to that wedding. That's language number one. Sorry, Michael, we're just in the middle of the thought. What would you say? Why didn't he just invoke the Nether? Yeah, the Gemara is, is clearly that he wouldn't or couldn't or didn't. Or, uh, it, that you're asking a question that would undo the whole Mishnah, right? The, the, the Mishnah is dealing with a case where we have this or no. That's a, it's like in geometry, they have givens. This is one of the givens. You're right. You could restructure the case, but then it wouldn't be our Mishnah anymore. Our Mishnah wants to know, can it, our Mishnah is really about Kinyanim. It just happens to interface with the Sugi and the Dharm. When I give this over, within my mind, I have this Tanai of giving it over. Is that a Kenyan or is it not a Kenyan? So if you change that one feature, and of course you're right, if you change that feature, it would solve the problem, and then we couldn't learn <laughs> we couldn't learn the Mishnah because it would make no sense. So you're asking the right question, it's the right question, but we need it, we need it to be this way. So that's version number one of Rava's understanding of our Mishnah. And three lines from the bottom, put on your thinking caps. Lishna Harina Amrinla. Really, Rava had a different language. Oh my Rava. Lo tema, don't say. That taima, the reason why this wasn't a matana was da amarle vihinan lefanechu da aser. That here, I'm, I want to make sure that this is all in front of you. Aval amarle hein lefanecha shiyavo abba v'yochal mutter. Don't say that. That's why. That had it been that it was a looser language, it would even be mutter, unlike version number one. Ella afilu amarle hein lefanecha yavo abba v'yochal. Even if it was that way, aser. Even if it was the looser language, it's still going to be aser. My taima sudasa mukhasalo. Because at the end of the day, version number one of Rava does not take into account the fact that everybody knows what's going on here. Everybody sees what's happening. The second Ruvain walks into the wedding, everybody knows there was a Harama, the Kenyan is a zero. Option number one of Rava gave us latitude in the language. It told us that if you weren't specific about your condition when Chaim, when Shimon gives over the, the Suda to Chaim, if you weren't specific, okay, a little bit of room, a little bit of room. Says the second version of Rava, no way. It doesn't work. Why? Because Sudasa Mukhasala. Clear so far. Good. Turning to the top of Memchesim at base, of course, we'll be stopping at the bottom of the page. Finishing yet another parak. The Gemara says, Ahu Gavra, there was a man, he had a son, he would steal rolls of flax. He was a thief. Pulling them off of the back of uh, trucks. And the father, um, being the parent that he was, he made a nether, you're, you're a thief, you cannot have anything that I give you. Okay? They said back to the father, that's very nice that you just cut off your child from your estate. But what happens if the following is true? What about your son? If this guy's son, so Reuven is the father, Shimon is the thief, and Levi is Shimon's son. What would happen if Levi, Barbarach, How would you feel, Ruvain? You just ushered your son Shimon from all of your properties. What if Shimon's son Levi all of a sudden is a grace of Tamil Chacham? How do you feel now about, about uh, ushering him from your properties? Because you just made a nether against him. So says the Gemara, my, what would the din be? Omar Le, what? It's a grandson that became the. It's a grandson, the correct. So, so if he's mother against the son, it's two different people. So says the Gemara, Amar Lahon, she, uh, Shimon, who's the right Shimon, who's the father of Shimon, is the thief. So they said to Ruvain, 
Well, they said to Ruben, Ruben says back to them, Amar Lahon, he says, Likni Hadain, I'll let the middle guy take it. I don't want my grandson to not have my Yerusha through my son. He can't give a proper halachic Yerusha to the grandson. It has to go to his son first. So the only way that the million dollars in his Yerusha of Ruven's Yerusha is going to get to Levi is through Shimon. So Ruven argues, Likne Hadain, I'll let the thief hold on to them. And then, and if in fact down the road, my thief, my, my son who is a thief, that his child is a Talmud Chacham, then that son can be Kona the money. This is conditions upon conditions that Ruvain is putting on his inheritance money of a million dollars. Ruvain's inheritance money is a million dollars. He tried to usher Shimon from the estate. And then they said to him, what if Shimon's kid is going to be a Talmud Chacham? He said, no worry, fine, I'll, I'll put some, some conditions into my, into my Yerusha, no problem. Says the Gemara, my, what's the din? This is a machlokas. Amre Pumpadisoi, the people of Pumpadisa would say, that's Kani Almanas Lahaknosu. That's a Kenyan, which is conditional. The whole Kani Almanas Lahaknos, any um, any Kenyan that happens now, which is really only a lead up to a later Kenyan, low Kani. That's what the people in, in Pumpadisa would say. And therefore, in this case, Ruben wants to take his million dollars, be that to Shimon on the condition that it will then be a Kenyan for his son Levi. No dice. Doesn't work. The mechanics don't work. Why is, why it just wouldn't be a Yerusha. He has an obligation to his kid. He could forego the money, but just like to Michael's yeah. question, the case is not that case. You're right. He could have done that. He could have given him the money. Yeah. He but, but then it wouldn't be a Yerusha. But the, the question here is what a, the, the, the way the Gemara was structured was that uh, Ruvain said, I'm Asering Shimon. And they made it a Yerusha case. That's what the Gemara was established. Yeah, but, Yerusha mean, case. If, if you're giving the money to somebody who's an about thief, you know the grandson isn't going to get it anyway. Okay. Maybe he only th- steals. He's a kleptomaniac for flax only. There are people like that, you know. Some people like Michael's car. They don't like my car. You know, they, uh, you just got to... So come on, that was pretty good. Come on. Thank come on. you. You're welcome. He wouldn't be happy with whoever she fired a slogan. My high? Back in the day, they used to be in flax. They used to wrap it up in flax. Oh, the horsehair? Was that was that flax? That was flax, yeah. They said horsehair when I was a kid. I always believed it. For sure, it wasn't horsehair. Who cuts horsehairs to wrap up a... Uh... Did you hear that also, the horsehair? Sheker v'chazov. Our whole childhood is being uprooted. So that's answer number one. Rav Nachman didn't agree. Six lines down, seven lines down. But Rav Nachman, seven lines down. Rav Nachman, Omar, no, Kani. He says that this Kenyan works. Why? Because the Kenyan that Ruvain makes through Shimon for the sake of Levi is the Sudra Kani Amanas Lahaknosu. It's no different than a Kenyan Sudar. We know that at weddings and at other case scenarios, uh, we do we do some type of activity with a third party item to make uh, the first party item be moving, moved from one person to the next. Erev Shabbos, this happens all the time in Makor on the weekend of a bar mitzvah. Rabbi Robinson will come over to someone and say, please be makna this on behalf of somebody else. You don't have to pick up the book. You can do a Kenyan Siddur. You can do the same exact thing. So the Kenyan Siddur works. So he says, our uh, flow of events of Ruvain to Shimon to Levi is a Kenyan Siddur type of model and it should be mutter. Amar Avashi, this does not work. After all, a Kenyan Siddur always gets returned, right? The Kenyan Siddur, the item itself gets returned back to the original owner. And I remember Rabbi Matanki was Masada Kedushin at my wedding, and he had a very expensive, uh, looked expensive at the time. I, I, I presume it was. A very hush of ballpoint pen. You know, he always carries one with him. 
Uh, so when someone does a Kenyan sitter, they're like, thank you very much. Uh, I did my Kenyan sitter. Have a nice day. Sayonara. Say goodbye. That's what the Gemara asks. Ravashi. Who says that the sudar was really a third party item? Maybe that was a Kenyan mamish and he kept it. That's number one. When it comes to a Kenyan sudar, the, that's Kani Almanas Lahaknos with Kani Minhashta. That Kenyan takes place right now. But in the case of our wayward Shimon and his Talmud Chacham son, Halein, Nixin de when it comes to our case, Leimas Kani, when would it be that the Kenyan that Ruven is trying to make would take place? You're comparing apples and oranges. The case of the Kenyan Sudar, Rav Nachman, that you wanted to bring, was there Rav Nachman? Yeah. Rav Nachman wants to say this is similar to a case of Kenyan Sudar. The, what do you mean Kenyan Sudar? Kenyan Sudar is an immediate transaction. But the transaction that we're discussing is not immediate. It's dependent on the future of whether or not Levi will become a Talmud Chacham. So the Gemara says these cases are not comparable. When will he? But when will this work out? It says the Gemara that right after this uh, tra- transaction takes place, he gives back the Sudar. The Kenyan's over. So these cases are not comparable. Another statement against Rav Nachman. Look at our Mishnah. Look at our Mishnah. What did I, now we know why this Gemara is being brought here. What did our Mishnah say? Shimon gave all of the uh, all of the items of the wedding over to Chaim in order to enable that Reuven should come to the wedding. And what do we say as a conclusion? Zero. So Kani Amanas Lahaknos doesn't work. So the Gemara gives a couple of quick responses. Sometimes he would say that case might be a little different because it's with what's going on with the Suda. We just see like Reuben came in, everybody knows what's going on. Sometimes he would give the following answer. Reb Nachman would say, really it's Rabbi Eliezer. He even Vitor, which we learned about in an earlier place in Shas, uh, here in this Masechta, even Vitor, overlooking something is going to be Aser Behana, and here too, in our case, this type of Kenyan would be would be glossed over. And lastly, for the sake of this parak, Tanan Amru Chachamim Kol Matana, if there's any gift, She'ena, which is not within the parameters of She'im Hikdisha Teimikudeshes, that if when Shimon gives over and gives over all the food to Chaim, that he's not able to be Mikudash, Eina Matana. So what does it mean, Kol? Kol Matana. We always say Kol Asuyeimat. What is the language of Kol coming to teach us? It says the Gemara, Lav Asuye Hamilsa Deshaja Bekipi. Aren't we talking about the case of the flax thief that it should not be a good Kenyan? That should be the Kol. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, not necessarily low. Maybe it's la asuye lishna basura dishmaise de rava. Maybe it's coming to include to, to include the language of rava, which was found on the, the second language of rava, that it's completely usur, even with the loose language of shimin to chaim, just uh, in, in the event that you want to invite my father, in the event. So those are the possibilities. And the Gemara says that that's what we would be inclu- included in. Uh, when we say we finish another parak in Shas we come back to this daf in seven and a half years wishing you all a beautiful night we'll pick up again tomorrow night with daf Memtes in person Wednesday and Thursday I'm out of town on both days I'll be posting at some point throughout the day uh, Emir Tashem we'll figure it out have a good night <laughs>